0: Hello, Ross. Hello, Blake. This, folks, is the season finale of Hollywood history. And, and goodness gracious, did we pick a good one. So uh, if, you, if you if you listen to us last week, you know that we did. The historical part, this is the second part of a two-part episode, we did the historical part. Um, the context you need to know if you're going to understand the film and what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we did Gods and Generals, the, the epic, I feel like epic is, is too much of a compliment. Uh, so we'll say Heap of a film um, came out in early 2000- war in the East. Uh, but th- we we, uh, we watched the film. Uh, we're going to give you the accuracy. We're going to give you our thoughts on it. Um, we're we're going to have a grand old time tearing this, uh, this piece of trash apart. Ross, what did you think of Gods and
1: Generals? Repetitive. That's like, true. That's, that's like, very true. The battle scenes were alright. I enjoyed them. They were just far and few between. I mean, it was lots of talking. And I don't I've crucified a couple films for like planning phases are not bad but when it's no. it's, when it's fine. majority to, of the movie it's boring.
0: It's fine to have like talky I mean even whole like we love Lincoln. We adore Lincoln. Lincoln is a fantastic movie, not a war movie, really. Not right. a civil war movie at all. It's it's a political uh drama and i think that's very good but you want to know why is because there's actually a reason for all the talking there's actually plot (laughs) being moved forward by all the talking it's not just talking for talking sake and you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about there's a lot to talk about with this movie um so let's jump into likes (laughs) there's a there's a lot of scenes in this movie that is done that are done merely to just make the Confederates look good. Um, and, you know, like I said, you know, we usually will wait until the end to give our specific likes and dislikes, and we're going to do that today. But I think the main downfall of this movie, and I think as a movie on its own, it's not very good, but the main downfall of the movie, the thing that makes it unwatchable, in my opinion, that makes it downright horrible is the fact that it, it supports the lost cause Uh, narrative of the confederacy and i'm going to explain that in a little bit more detail later but to give you the very very short simple version it was the uh the south was good and the north was evil and that's how the civil war was and that's what this movie is and that is what makes it truly truly horrible now i'm not saying that you can you can never have a film where the south is is the main character or is even the good guys. Uh, take a look at the film, the outlaw Josie Wales, which is a great Western where the main character and the hero is a Confederate. <clears throat> it is a, it is a brilliant film. Uh, you check that one out. I would even love to see a film. And again, I'll touch on this a little bit m- more later, but a film that is all about Stonewall Jackson. I think that would be an incredibly fascinating and enjoyable film, but Absolutely. this film, this film is just too busy glorifying the confederacy to be interesting uh, and that is what makes it not only bad but insulting <clears throat>
1: it, it doesn't necessarily glorify like their tactics or anything it glorifies like their politics
0: yes and that's you know we're not what the show is about We want this to be enjoyed by people on both sides of the aisle but yes this movie is is very much about politics and it it's in it's inaccurate politics and it's so bad in that aspect um but uh i think uh, ross would you like to jump into the accuracy section you want to you want us to talk about some accuracy before we get more into our uh more into our hatred of this film
1: absolutely the dialogue was
0: that's true uh and again we'll I've I've picked out some select lines to talk about, but without further ado, let's, uh, let's jump on into accuracy. Okay. So this movie is very inaccurate. So let's start off by talking about some of the things that it actually does get right. Um, First off, uh, at the beginning of the movie, you see uh, Stonewall Jackson. He's teaching his students uh, at the Virginia Military Institute. He's teaching them, and his teaching style is on point. Uh, You see him, you hear him in the movie say, you know, uh, it appears to me that none of you have been listening to my lesson. So I think I will have to repeat it tomorrow word for word. And that is very much how good old Stonewall Jackson would teach. He would quite literally memorized his lessons word by word the previous night and he would repeat them word by word in class. If his students asked him a question, he would literally rewind his lecture and just repeat the same lines over and over again. And his students actually called him Tom Fool because of this. Um, they would play pranks on him. And uh, that, is, that is shown well in the movie. Um, another thing the Confederates are actually shown wearing blue uniforms towards the beginning of the film. Uh, this is the fact uh, to be accurate, because this can be really confusing if you do know. not know your history. If you were just a viewer who you know doesn't know a whole lot about the Civil War and you see both sides wearing blue, that's that's really frustrating in a battle scene. And they really should have changed that. Um, that is one of the instances where it would have been better to be inaccurate. Um, what else? Uh John is shown accurately. You see Jeb Stewart's... ...staging into the melee, and it's, it's just an absolute mess. That's shown well. That's a good job. Uh, the Fredericksburg scene. Um, it's it's the middle section of the movie. It's the third section. Uh, it is fantastic. Um I shouldn't say fantastic. It's pretty good. It's got some problems I'm going to talk about later, but um, it's shown well. Uh, it you know it follows the movements of the battle pretty well. It gives the viewer a good idea of how the Battle of Fredericksburg played out, uh, why it was such a tragedy, why it was such a massive Union disaster. Um, it leaves certain things out, due to time, time constraints and because of the fact you know this is not a Fredericksburg movie. This is a movie that's trying to show a lot of different things. Um, <clears throat> the night planning scene previous to the battle of Chancellorsville is shown accurately in uh, the flank attack. Uh, uh, you know, is, is such a big part of that battle is also shown uh, accurately. Uh, and that's kind of where the accuracy ends. Um, <laughs> it, it, it gets like certain fruit movements, right? It gets like. And regimental colors. Correct but that's, that's not, not accuracy that's like detail in historical authenticity this movie is severely lacking in accuracy i, I cannot state that enough this is not a good history lesson the battle scenes are, are not the, the battle scenes are not accurate and i will touch on that a little bit more later uh first let's start with some small inaccuracies look inaccurate uh, uh the character you see at the beginning of the movie the one who offers, offers robert e lee the position in the union army he offers him a commission his name is francis preston blair um in the movie he's portrayed to be this this old gentleman i was sent by mr lincoln to offer you this position on military if you ever look up a picture of just you do uh he is a very creepy looking man uh I'm not going to elaborate on that further. You should just look up a picture of him. His name is Francis Blair. Um, He did not look like that at all. He was terrifying looking. Um, Other people that don't look accurate. John Bell Hood. who's was only in the film for a short time. And again, you're not going to know who these people are. Unless you're a Civil War buff. Like You you will not know who any of these people are. Um, And that's another big problem with the movie. But again, I will get to that later. Uh, John Bell Hood. Who was very, very young, I believe in his probably, probably even is portrayed by this like, 60-year-old guy and he was also in Gettysburg and he was too old in Gettysburg as well. Um, Ellis Spear of the 20th Maine, uh, and when we talk about the Battle of Gettysburg um, He's so a minor character in this film but he looks also looks different uh, than what he did in real life. That's not that important. That's not that big of an inaccuracy. But I still thought it. I'd mention it uh, as something a little interesting. Uh, if you don't know your battle history, you will be completely lost in this film. The movie just leaves out so much context and information that is incredibly important to understanding the situation in the East. Uh, and this, is, this isn't really an inaccuracy, but it is a big omission that, again, really brings down the film. Uh, it skips... Really, almost from like late 1861 to September. You go from like Manassas, then a couple of scenes, then to Antietam, which is so you're just skipping so much. Up. You're skipping the Peninsula Campaign with McClellan. You're skipping the Seven Days Battles. You're skipping Second Bull Run, which if you're going to talk about Antietam, you need to at least mention Second Bull Run because that battle. Uh, Antietam would not have happened if it were not for second bull run it's just not in the movie at all and if you do not know that if you have not read about the civil war that I can't imagine how maddeningly confusing that would be if you did not know that um my little conspiracy theory is that um the seven days battles were left out because it kind of makes the Confederates look bad. Uh, if you watched our history section, you know that um, Jackson... Like, a... Lee just... Multiple times in the Seven Days Battle. It's one, it's one of the reasons why the Union Army was able to retreat uh, intact. And it just... It, I don't... <sighs> That's, that is my thinking behind why they didn't show it, is because it would make Jackson and Lee look bad. <clears throat> that I, I have no proof behind it, but I, considering how the rest of this movie is, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the reason why. Um, the time between the Battle of Fredericksburg and Chancellorvi- Chancellorsville doesn't explain anything. It doesn't explain why the latter battle happens. It doesn't explain why the Union Army is in Chancellorsville. And again, that it, you just aren't given that context that is so important to understanding the situation. You don't even see the first day of the battle of Chancellorsville. It's just completely left out. Uh, the third day is also missing. And the third day is arguably just as important, if not more important than the second day, which you were shown in detail. And it is just completely missing from the film. And if you don't, if you don't see that, it's so very hard to understand that battle. Um, other things are. Uh, so, in the uh, Fredericksburg battle scene, this guy who leads the Irish brigade into that scene, or I can't remember if he leads the whole brigade or if he leads a regiment. I think he leads the brigade. Um, but again, I'm not positive. Um, <clears throat> anyway, you see him in that scene. And that's a good scene. I'll talk about that later. But you really should have seen him in the Chancellorsville scene, because he earned the Medal of Honor at the Battle of Chancellorsville. And that seems like such a missed opportunity to me. Um, but whatever. This So, so much is missing. Uh, and that really kind of reinforces the fact that this should have been a 10 episodes long, long, like 10 hours long, like Band of Brothers length to me that they would leave all this out without even having a character explain it Uh, but anyway that's that um some of the characters in this movie are very inaccurate um jackson is shown as only having one wife in this movie in reality his first wife died i believe 1862 i think he remarried in 1863 but his wife is the same actor the whole time around so that's left out again that's understandable we don't need to see a completely different character that would be confusing that's not necessary that again that isn't an ac- that isn't an accuracy that i say should be in there um <clears throat> that one's forgivable one that, uh two of them that are not uh ambrose burnside is pr- portrayed uh very very inaccurately and uh honestly very disingenuously um so in the movie he's this very self-centered person he's like Yes, well, the Battle of Fredericksburg, you'll see, I have this incredible plan, and I I appreciate your input, General Hancock, but you know what, we're just going to do this anyway. That is not what Burnside was like. Um, Burnside was a man who very much knew his deficiencies. Like we said uh, in our history section, he did not want command of the Army of the Potomac. He turned it down, but it was forced upon him. Uh, But he was a man that tried to make up for them. He's very friendly. He's very nice to those whom he met. He was he was very loyal, but he just was not a good officer. You know, he wasn't able to control his subordinates, and he lacked tactical skill. And this is complexity that is unfortunately left out of the movie, uh, and is that he, he's portrayed as being a pompous jerk in the movie, and he thinks he's smarter than everyone else. That is just not what the real Burnside was like. And I think you're doing a disservice to the man. Is he responsible for the disaster at Fredericksburg. He is, that is the fault is on him, but without understanding that complexity, he's portrayed as this one note, one dimensional villain, which is, I think so disrespectful, the real person, uh, I, it's so disingenuous. Uh, and I just, I hate the way that he's portrayed. Um, again, was he responsible? Yes, but it's just not fair. Um, other big character that is not portrayed or is not characterized incorrectly. I'll get to the portrayal later, but he's not characterized correctly. Is uh, Stonewall Jackson, and again, I I think this is a disrespectful portrayal of him. Uh, he was in real life. He was a very strict, uh, fearsome, very odd commander. You know, he would with with incredible um, grit achieve these things that we talked about. Uh, you know, but he was also a very crazy man. Um, some people think that he was insane. Uh, he would suck on lemons, which you actually see in the film. There's a scene where they're like drinking lemonade and he goes, mm, this is this is very good lemonade. I, I really like it. not too sweet. Can can I have another please? <laughs> that's, sorry, that's 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 another impression on my part there. But anyways, he would suck on lemons. Um, he refused to eat pepper because he thought it made his legs weak. Uh, He would sit straight up in chairs to keep his organs aligned. And he would always hold his hand up. You also see that in the film. Uh, He was very fervently religious. Uh, And, you know, in in, in the movie, they are always seen like praying and stuff. But no, Jackson was like insanely religious. He would try and uh, like, you know, it was always, you know, it, it was what made him him. He was doing everything. Uh, for his religion. He would always, he always believed that God had blessed his armies. He would try and avoid fighting on the Sabbath. You know, he was very, very much dedicated to that. Uh, And the film really lacks all this complexity. You know, we never see Jackson's slaves, you know, his piety is toned down. He lacks that eccentricity. I think that's such a missed opportunity to, to portray him as a really interesting person. You know, he, He was such a fascinating individual. And I think you could still... Again, I talked about this earlier. I think you could still make him the central character of the movie or even the hero of the movie as long as you look into these complexities. You look and you say, okay, these are things about him that were crazy, but this was something that still made him brilliant. As long as you don't glorify him or glorify the Confederacy, I think you could still make a great movie about Jackson. Make it like Patton. The thing that makes Patton such an incredible film is not that they just decide to uh, they just decide to glorify Patton. No, in Patton you see his faults and that's what makes him such a fascinating character. and that's why that movie is so great. And that's really what Jackson should have been in this movie and it's not. And it's so frustrating from a historical standpoint. Um, another small thing. The movie gets the date of the Battle of Antietam wrong. Uh, it says it was on September 19th. It was on the 17th. You think they could just look that up. being. It's so weird. Because there's like other parts of this movie. That are so meticulously crafted. Like the uniforms. And the way people speak. And you know how they load their guns. You know you, you load nine times. But they just get the date wrong. For arguably the most. One of the most. If not the most important battles. In American history. Like are you kidding me how do you screw that up but that's that's whatever here is one of the big ones for me though accuracies that is very harmful i think uh the combat the combat is portrayed horribly so all the soldiers in this movie are old um because they're reenactors and there aren't really that many young reenactors but all the movie all the soldiers in this movie they're all too old the average age of a civil war soldier was like I think like it was somewhere between 18 and 25, I believe you can look that up, but it, it was not this old. Uh, and it kind of, you know, you see all these old guys like fumbling around awkwardly and it kind of takes me out of the movie, you know, in all the battle scenes, they're all like blank faced. They don't look scared at all. And it's like so immersion breaking. And it's, it's honestly kind of funny. Um, the other big problem, combat is overly sanitized. Cannon's, they don't blow people apart. They just send them flying in the air harmlessly. When people get shot, there's almost no blood. You know, it makes these battle scenes almost look like a fun day out, you know, rather than war. And, and the Civil War is, it was the most brutal war in American history. It was absolutely horrific. Um, you know, was not only in the sense that it was, you know, you were fighting your brother, but also just in how combat was, um, you know, one of the most famous Stories to come out of the Civil War was the fighting at the bloody angle at the Battle of Spotsylvania Courthouse in uh, May of 1864, where, you know, it was in the rain, which wetted down the powder of the soldiers guns. And so when they actually went to combat, they would just use bayonets and rifle butts and fists and they would just beat each other to death. And, they, and then they fought in the pouring rain for 24 straight hours. And it was absolute brutality. Uh, and that was by no means uh, a unique thing every time there was a battle there was absolute horror and you just do not get that in this movie um think about the opening scene in glory where the union soldier's head is blown off or or even the scene where the 20th Maine is at Fredericksburg and you see the guy who's like missing his arm i think that's a really good scene in this movie and there should have been a lot more stuff like that uh, this movie really should have been rated r it needed to have uh, it, it needed to have more violence, I think, to show that brutality. I'm not saying it had to make like a spectacle of it, but I think it needed to be there. Uh, and it really does a disservice to the true horror of war. I was I was listening to another podcast about Glory recently, uh, and one of the guys, and he was actually, I believe, the historical advisor on the film. And he said, you know, the Civil War has never had a saving Private Ryan moment, which is like, you know, when, saving ryan comes out in 98 people go and see it they're horrified because that was what war was like and the civil war has never really had that moment um glory is a fairly violent film but it's not it's not even close to how terrible that war truly was and i think this film was a huge missed opportunity to be that especially considering this came out like just five years after saving private ryan um but that's, again, that's not the worst thing this movie does. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, another inaccuracy, uh, Jackson's soldiers look upon him admiringly in this movie, whereas in reality his soldiers kind of hated him. Uh, we talked about how fast he would march when we were talking about the Valley Campaign, um, and his soldiers hated him for this because uh, they were the ones marching. Jackson got to ride a horse uh and so they would have to march all this distance uh and as you can imagine that's pretty painful um yeah Uh, another inaccuracy and this is the last one i'm going to talk about before i get to the big one um is during the first battle of bull run that you see in the movie and it's that famous scene we talked about it when we were talking in the history section um jackson's men are on henry uh henry hill yeah henry hill I believe is the name of that hill. But anyway, they're, they're on Henry Hill. They're standing there. And Bernard B. goes, there stands Jackson like a stone wall. Let us determine to die here and we shall conquer. Rally behind the Virginians. It's, it's a very famous quote coming come out of the Civil War. There's a lot of controversy surrounding this quote uh, as to whether it was said at all. And if it was said what the tone was so there's a couple different theories behind this the first is that this was never actually said this was a story that was made up later to to glorify the confederacy which i think is fully possible you know if you look back at what journalism was at that time stuff like that happened um there's another the the idea that's that's most prominent is that it actually was said he barnard b did say that and he did mean it to glorify stonewall jackson Another theory, though, uh, is actually that when he was saying that, he was actually insulting Jackson. Basically, you know, what was happening at this point, Jackson was standing with his brigade on this hill, and they were not yet fighting in the battle. They were standing and they were waiting for the Federals to come to them. And what General B was basically saying is, there is Jackson. He is standing like a stone wall, doing absolutely nothing to help us. Uh, So that's what some people believe. Um, So... I don't think this movie is necessarily inaccurate for putting that in there, but it is something to note that is very interesting. Uh, General B actually died during the first Battle of Bull Run, so no one ever asked him about it. So we will never know truly for sure what was said or what was meant by it, it being said. Um, but, you know, that's that's something I thought uh, I should mention. Now, before I get to this next point, which is really uh, really the crux of the reason why this this... This movie is so horrible. Uh, We need to talk about the lost cause narrative. So post-Civil War, you have Reconstruction. We're putting the pieces of the nation back together. Uh, There's extreme animosity uh, as, you know, what's the point of Reconstruction? Uh, It is to give rights to these newly freed African-Americans. You give them voting rights and get the South back into working shape. Um, and so during Reconstruction, you see some horrific violence break out against freed Black Americans. Um, you know the Ku Klux Klan forms for the first time, and and you see all this repression against them. Um, and that is really a series of episodes on its own. I I could never explain the entirety of, of Reconstruction to you. That's like, and college courses and kids study. but um you know, reconstruction is, it's all about, you know, getting these people their rights. Well, one of the things that was done to sort of help repress that was um, the Confederates kind of trying to change the idea as to why they fought the war. So we know it, you should know it by now. The Confederacy fought principally for slavery. That's why they seceded. I'm not going to give you evidence as to why, because there are already tons of people that have the reason why the Confederacy fought, and it was mainly to preserve slavery. Um, but, you know, after the Civil War, one to go down, down in history is the guy who fought to defend slavery. So people. The Civil War. Uh, Jefferson, Jefferson Davis writes a very famous, very popular one. A guy named Jewel Early, who fought under Lee, fights one. And these are two of the main. what's called the lost lost cause narrative and basically what the lost cause narrative says is you know the north was greedy um they were fighting to to control the southern states because they didn't like their way of life Uh, and what they did was they invaded the poor defenseless southern states and the people who fought for the confederacy were just defending their homes Uh, you know they just did what was necessary um And you know they did not support slavery. The South was not fighting for slavery. They were fighting themselves. They were fighting for states' rights, Uh, and that is really what the lost cause narrative is, and becomes the main sort of view in Civil War historiography for years afterwards. Um, So, if you ever, I'm sure you know the film Gone with the Wind. That movie is is basically Lost Cause propaganda. You know, oh the poor Southerners, you know, they were just defending their homes, and then the Yankee invaders came in and burned down the city. So that that is very that is a very quick overview of the Lost Cause. Um but you kind of need to know that going into this film. Uh in this film indulges liberally in the Lost Cause narrative, and that's the reason why it sucks. So like it or not, the Confederacy illegally seceded to preserve the institution of slavery. They fought a brutal war, and the reason they lost was because they made bad tactical and strategic decisions. In this film, though, the Confederate characters, they'll go on these lengthy polemics you know, about how they, they weren't the aggressors. They're merely fought for our homes, and the Yankees are invading us. But, you know, sorry, if you attack and kill U.S. soldiers, you're gonna get invaded. And you don't have the moral high ground when you build your nation on enslavement. You know, there's a scene towards the beginning of the movie where Lee, it's the scene where Lee actually declines his uh, commission in the Union Army. And he talks about how Lincoln is raising 75,000 volunteers. And he said, well, that's only deepening the crisis. No, it was no longer a crisis once they fired on Fort Sumter. It was a war. And to call it anything else is trying to sanitize the Confederacy. Um, and they were not invading the South, at least not at first. They were trying to subdue a rebellion. And so initially Lincoln's actually like, you guys cannot, you cannot live off the land. If you are going to live off the land, you have to pay the people, you have to respect their property. If slaves try and escape, you have to return them. Because at this point, Lincoln is trying to save the Union any way he can. So he is not going to go and piss off the people that he's trying to save. Now, obviously, this falls apart once the Union realizes that, OK, these Southern citizens are actually on board with this. Uh, and it does become a war. And then later on, it becomes a total war. Um, although there are aspects of that that are very much exaggerated by the lost cause. And if we ever talk about the Atlanta campaign, we'll certainly talk about that. But the, the point is, Lincoln was not the aggressor in any any sense of the word um but anyway yeah so so Lincoln actually he prohibits the southern army uh, he prohibits the union from doing this to the south um it's and it's so stupid uh, there's actually a scene in the movie where a character is arguing with Jackson and he's saying that you know we states are actually all one country and he's actually right but he's portrayed as the the idiot in that situation which is dumb one of the dumbest scenes during the movie it shows a meeting in which the South votes to secede and there's one character and he's giving a speech and he's saying it's the you know we're, we're there's unwillful coercion by the US government against us and that is just dripping with irony considering that you know the South seceded to preserve slavery and he has the gall to talk about will unwillful coercion and it is so stupid. Anyway, so it's it's difficult to talk about this movie without getting a little a little bit worked up so you know as these confederate soldiers go to join the war they're portrayed as you know we're happy good lucky we're righteous we're fighting for our homes but you never see the union soldiers doing the same thing which is incredibly disingenuous the union army until late 1863 was an all volunteer force so union soldiers were fiercely dedicated they were just as idealistic as the Confederates were. They wanted to save their country and they wanted to protect the constitution and not showing them makes the union look more like an evil protector of an authoritarian government, which is just, again, lazy and disingenuous. They were fighting to save their country, which they saw falling apart before them. Um, The union causes also downplayed. Uh, There's a scene where Jackson's talking about how, you know, if the union loses it's whatever. It's just the Wall Street bankers that are harmed. No, if the Union lost the Civil War, that very well could have led to the dissolution of the United States any time that, you know, any time that a state had a disagreement with the federal government, they could just cede. And it possibly could have ended democracy as we know it for years to come. Because basically any monarch in Europe could just look to the united states and say see this is what happens when you have political division in a democracy and this is why a king is necessary and that is why it was so very crucial for the for the union to win that war but i think the worst part uh, is the portrayal of african americans uh and calling it lazy or inaccurate is not enough it's racist uh, it's a very it's a very racist depiction of african americans Um, slaves are portrayed as being happy you know we I I like these people like there's literally a scene where union soldiers go up to a slave and they're like you're free now and she goes but I love the people that you chased away from this house I I love and it's so I can't even imagine how insulting that would be if I was myself an African American person that is so disgusting to portray someone like that in that way so i mean you know were there loyal slaves yes but they were very very much the exception and not the rule most people that were slaves really wanted to get away from it Uh, unsurprisingly uh, you know it's disgusting like you see you literally see black men and children and women cheering on confederate soldiers in the streets that was not happening they had no reason to do that because the Confederacy existed to preserve slavery. I don't know how many times I have to repeat it, but apparently this movie doesn't understand that. Um, it it just reinforces this stereotype of, you know, the happy slave of, you know, they were happy. They liked it. They were being treated well. They liked it. That's not true. <laughs> but this movie thinks it's true. And that is so very insulting. Um, and focusing on these African-Americans specifically who are loyal to the Confederacy, it's intentionally misleading. It was intentionally done by the filmmakers, intentionally done by Ron Maxwell to make the Confederacy look good. Um, I mean, you know, the, conf- the Confederates in this movie are seen as like, I mean, they're almost portrayed as being egalitarians. Like there's a scene where they're sitting around on the campfire, uh, you know, and they're like, they're telling their jokes. Like there's one character who's talking about, She's like, let's read from my little book of puns. Let's read about some puns. And you know, one of the Confederate characters, uh, one of the Confederate characters reading or whatever. And then I, something happens, I can't remember exactly, but the black character comes out. who was the, the cook for Stonewall Jackson. He comes up and he's like joking with them and they're having a good time. And 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 the African-American uh, cook, I can't remember his name, uh, and forgive me for that, but he slaps one of the Confederates on the back. Uh, And the Confederates are just fine with that. Uh, No, that would not have happened. There are scenes in this movie where you see black people freely walking on the street next to white people. Uh, They ride the train with white people. The truth is, if that were to happen, that person would have been beaten, whipped, and or most likely lynched. It, It is... Again, disgusting to portray the Confederacy in this way. It is so unbelievably disrespectful to every single person that suffered under that regime. It, yeah, it's, it's basically the equivalent of showing a Jewish person being free in Nazi Germany. It, it's not just inaccurate, it's, it's insulting and it's offensive. And you know, it's, it's unbelievable that a movie made in 2003 would be like this like at this point historiography had changed so much we learned about the lost cause we learned that it was wrong but for some reason you you still show this it is just i mean it's it's hard to even explain but um uh yeah i mean that's all i really have to say about the accuracy of this film um it is entirely inaccurate it's just wrong uh and it's bad uh so anyway we'll um we'll we'll go ahead and and move on here I think to uh a couple things that we personally have to say about the film. So so one thing I would like to make a note of here is that I think someone could make a very good fan someone can make a good fan edit of this movie i think the movie as a whole still has very deep problems that would keep it from being a great film but i think you could make a solid movie what i would do is you focus on the battle of fredericksburg cut out all the lost cause nonsense you know the confederate self-aggrandizing the offensive portrayal of african-americans you know the scenes of the of the poor southern women oh, what are those yankees gonna do to our homes
1: cut out all that crap okay then there'll only be 20 minutes
0: well, okay okay <laughs> i know i know but anyway you trim these cheesy scenes and these bad performances you begin by showing like antietam you begin by showing that and then You know, you show the lead up to the Battle of Fredericksburg, you show the battle, you show the bloody aftermath, and you end the movie with Chamberlain, uh, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, talking to his brother about why the Union is fighting for emancipation. That's what you end with. It would probably run like an hour, 40, maybe like 90 minutes. I think it's worth a try. If there's someone out there who's a, a prospective film editor, give that one a try. That's the only way I can conceive this movie being any good. It's. Let's start with our likes. Let's start with our likes. Ross, go ahead.
1: Um, it looks cool at some points. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. I mean, there, there really wasn't like a moment where I was like, wow, this is a great movie. <laughs> I mean, I just sat there like in shock of just I think what was really going through my mind was that how was this made in 2003? It, I don't know.
0: And here's the thing I don't get. So, like, the book, Gods and Journals by Jeff Scherer, which maybe we'll read that sometime. Maybe, we'll, maybe that's what we'll do for a book. Because we've been talking about, like, doing books uh, at some point. Uh, maybe we'll do that at some point. Um, I don't... I haven't read it, so I don't know, like, if the book is that bad. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. 'Cause I've read a little bit of Jeff Shara. He's not an incredible writer. He's not a bad writer, but he's just not an incredible writer. But yeah, I, I I agree with that sentiment. Um was there anything at all you liked?
1: Um I I will disagree with I did enjoy some of the battle scenes. Some of the battle scenes were cool. I mean, but I understood the battle scenes because we we just did the history on it. Yes. Okay. So like so I didn't
0: I didn't think the battle scenes were necessarily bad, but yeah. go on. I interrupt.
1: I apologize. No, all good. I mean I I just enjoyed it because it was a break from the clunky dialogue and the praise the south montage. Yeah. Cuz this movie was Praise the South. Oh, here's a little battle. Praise the South.
0: <laughs> so so yeah. Um I actually I have 5 likes here. I oh. I have 5 likes. Uh maybe that's I'm making five it sound like it's, I do. I'm making it sound like it's more than it is. Uh so my first like I know we actually disagree on this. I really enjoy the opening song. I think it fits the tone of what this movie was going for. I don't think this movie succeeded in going for the tone that it was going for, but I think it fits the tone it was going for. Uh, it's very sentimental. I really like the different regimental flags going around in the background. The it's flags a- are cool. It's a- the flags are cool. It's a very, in my opinion at least, it's a very good setup for what the movie should have been. Now, did the movie succeed at being what it should have been? No. no. <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> no. It, gosh dang it, the opening tries. Uh, probably because the opening wasn't written by Ron Maxwell. Um, another thing, um, some, not all, I must stress, not all, but some of the acting is great. is it, very good. Um, while the characterization of Jackson is wrong, like I talked about, um, I think Stephen Lang is really guy. fun to is really fun to watch in this movie. When he's like, y- you can tell that he is just putting in all the effort that this movie does not deserve. It is <laughs> it is so much fun to watch. Like when he's like, "We're gonna we'll hoist the black flag, no quota, no quota to the enemy. When we hoist the black flag of Virginia, and we'll take them all down." And you are the first brigade. You are the first brigade. That's all, oh my goodness, I can't do it justice. Like, it is not a well-written movie at all. But gosh dang it, Stephen Lang tries his dang darndest hardest to make this a fun movie. And he is so much fun to watch as Jackson. I don't know if he's fun in the way that the director wanted him to be fun. But Stephen Lang is a very good actor. And I enjoyed whenever he would talk. Because he'd hoist a black flag. No quadra, boys. No quadra. This, is, this lemonade is very good, boys. We must kill every one of the Yankees. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jeff Daniels, uh, who plays Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, uh, is very good, with the exception of, few, of a few scenes. Like, the scene right before the Battle of Fredericksburg, where he's, like, reciting Shakespeare, or he's talking about, like, Caesar, I can't remember, something like that. That scene is just, it, it's like kind of what Oscar baiting is it, like, it's trying to be, it's trying to be a heart moving scene. It's, it's just weird besides that though. He's very good. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, he was, he was fantastic in Gettysburg. Uh, his, his scenes with his brother are also very good. Again, just like the movie Gettysburg, uh, Kevin Conway, Kevin Conway, who was also in Gettysburg is still brilliant as kill rain. Um, See Thomas Howell, who's in this movie, is Chamberlain's brother, Thomas Chamberlain. Again, still so much fun to watch. Uh, you know, I, I think back to the scene in Gettysburg where he's like, "You see, in this, in this brigade, we've got our own bugle call." You know, "Damn, damn, damn, battlefield." He's, I, if you haven't seen Gettysburg, go out and watch that movie or just watch that scene. But um there's so much fun to watch. Like uh, the scene where. Uh, Thomas Chamberlain shows up in camp. He's like, hello Lieutenant Chamberlain. He's talking to, he's talking to Jeff Daniels, Joshua Lawrence. And he goes, and Josh was like, my God, Tom, what are you doing here? And he was like, mother sent me to check on you to make sure you were doing well. It's like, it's, it's funny. They have good chemistry. Those are the best scenes in the movie by far. Uh, I also thought Chamberlain's wife was pretty good. Uh, Like the scenes where she wrote him uh, letters, she was good in those scenes. I think um, I thought she was good. Um, The battle scenes uh, you mentioned the battle scenes, most of the Fredericksburg scenes. Again, I will clarify most of the Fredericksburg scenes are, (laughs) are pretty good. Um, The opening of the battle, the street combat, which is a rarity in the civil war. I really, really liked those scenes. Um, The charging up Mari's Heights. It's exciting. Uh it's well filmed, you see all this action. Again, not as bloody as it should have been, but I will not discount the fact that these are some pretty epic battle scenes. Um it's well scored. Um the battle scenes are well scored. Uh I really enjoyed the scene. I really enjoyed the scene with St. Clair Augustus Malholm, like I talked about earlier, in the Irish Brigade, and they're charging up there. It's a very emotionally driven scene. I think it works very well. The 20th main scenes are also great. And the humiliating aftermath is also portrayed so well. Uh, And Ross, I cut you off. What
1: were you going to say? For a bunch of sweaty old men dressed up in Civil War costumes, the battle scenes are amazing. (laughs) Battle scenes are... The battle scenes are... Like, so...
0: Like, I I think the first... I think the first one, the Manasseh scene is probably the least good in the film. It's still, it's still good, but I think it's all right. That, that's the scene where the reenactors actors are the most obvious. The Fredericksburg scene though, I, I do stress most of it is very, very good. Uh, and you should not watch this movie, but like, look up the Fredericksburg scenes. Uh, Cause they're, 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 they're enjoyable. Um, They're, they're good. It's also like the longest action scene in the movie. <laughs> like, it goes on for like an hour. Um, it's, it's, it's the only exciting part of the movie, I should say. Um, yeah, that's there. Look that up. Uh, two scenes during the Christmas section are good. Again, I stress not the whole Christmas section. I will get to that. Uh, but two scenes that are very good. The first scene uh, that I'm talking about is the scene with the rebel and the union soldier, and they trade gifts. Um, I thought that scene was well-filmed. I thought it was well-written. I really liked the little bit of humor where where he goes, uh, where he's like, you got a lame horse over there? And he's like, yes, what do you want to trade it for? And he goes, how about General Burnside? Like, I thought that was I thought that was funny. And I thought the scene where they're just standing there, um, and they're trading tobacco and coffee, there's no music. It's just quiet except for them doing that. I thought it was very, very well done in that, you know, you're not – you're not trying to make this some inspirational moment. It's just a quiet little scene. Uh, and it's a very human scene. Uh, and it's the, probably. The, I just got an Amber alert. Uh, but anyway. Um, the other scene I'm talking about is. The scene of Chamberlain writing his wife at Christmas. And I really like the fact that. Again, it's not really scored. You just have some Christmas caroling going on in the background. Uh, and I thought. I thought Jeff Daniels Yeah, Jeff Daniels, I get him confused with Jeff Bridges sometimes. So I thought his acting in that seems very good. Um and finally, I think the flank attack on May 2nd at Chancellorsville is well done. That's where my likes end. Um whew, oh this, this this is uh where do we begin?
1: Ross, how do? how about you step up <laughs> to the plate here? Um i I really really wish I could get my five hours back <laughs> I really, really wish I could get my five hours back So did you
0: do like one sitting because I split mine up over like three days oh
1: oh i I took it all i I made the huge mistake and sat through all five hours of it that's what and... I did
0: that's what I did the first time uh, I watched this movie I watched the um I watched the so we watched the director's cut the first time I watched this movie I watched the the very trim three and a half hour version, very very cut, quick quick three and a half hour film, uh, and I watched it all in one sitting too, and boy was that a mistake. But but yeah, continue on with that with your with your four and a half hour movie there.
1: It was it was rough. I mean, there were times where I was like, oh, they're talking again. Let me just get up and go do something real quick. Come back, and they were. I, I'd like take twenty minutes. Come back, and they're still same scene, just talking. I was, it just was. It. I mean, it wasn't twenty minutes, but it was just. It
0: dependent. felt like twenty minutes. It felt forever.
1: Like I'd go up and like I'd the dishes. <laughs> I mean, like I was like, like doing the dishes. And I'm like, this is awful. I'm like, I'd rather be doing the dishes than watching this movie. I mean, that that's just how much I disliked it. It's, yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can agree with that. Whole I mean, it just doesn't not suck you in at all it's not like intrigue intriguing it's like wow they are very racist or wow <laughs> this is very boring or wow, yeah. i
0: mean like it's again. not here's the thing like we're not biased okay because like you know we, we we're we not like dirty we're not dirty yankees right we're, we're from kentucky which is a border state and i i now live in texas know, yeah, so it's not like we're it's not like we're biased, and we're here to destroy the South or anything. No, I love the South. Well, I love some of the South, but it's just such a bad movie, man. Like for me, the thing that takes it from being a bad movie to being a horrible movie—I already talked about it, the Lost Cause stuff. Even yeah. the friggin' even the friggin' Blu-ray disc has the Confederate flag on it, yeah. like. You can't just put pictures of, like, soldiers charging or something. You have to be that slavishly devoted to the Confederacy. You gotta put the friggin' battle flag (laughs) on the disc. I mean, goodness gracious. The the portrayal of
1: of African-American people alone ruins it. Um, The one that really hit me was, like, really early on in the movie when it was, like, those two brothers like when they first were heading off to war and, like, the slave was, like, saying I love you and kissing them goodbye. Like, 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 what?
0: I love you, you've done, you be saved. Like, even, like, their speech was, like, so stereotypical. Like, it was so, you could tell that, like, the, the director was like, so speak in a slave voice. <laughs> like, that's, it's so clear. It's, like, so racist. Like, people, like, they, they were people, they spoke normally. A, a lot of times, they spoke normally, like, Again, it's just reinforcing these stereotypes that are horrible. Um, it's just so bad. Like, so, John Wilkes Booth is in this movie.
1: Oh, I hated him in this movie. Oh, my goodness. It's, but here's the Every thing. time he was on the screen.
0: Here's the thing is you're not supposed to hate him, though. According to the director, he's portrayed positively. <laughs> There's no positive thing about Lincoln's murder. He killed Lincoln. He arguably doomed the South, in in one way or another. I mean, he's like there are like long ce- so you were talking about like long scenes. There are like long scenes in this movie where John Wilkes Booth is on a stage and he's like, he's like, he's like performing Shakespeare and he's like, so in this Shakespeare play, there is there is a tyrannical uh, Julius Caesar and he was tyrannical, so you know Brutus they had to kill him and there's a scene where he's like you know what I think you should decide who the villain is here it's so (laughs) it's so clear what they're trying to say by that and it's so so, the scene where he's like sitting with his wife and he's like can you believe this emancipation proclamation this is such an overstep of presidential power Uh, what why is that in the movie (laughs) stupid and then his wife is like well it's President Lincoln he's actually quite stupid he's only freeing the slaves in the occupied territories and of course they're not going to be free (laughs) it's purely political and then they like laugh like evil people and it's so creepy and wooden (laughs) yes my husband now let us proceed to enjoy romance I don't know it's not good there's like the scene it's like two and a half minutes long adds absolutely nothing to the plot. It's just them singing the Bonnie Blue Flag. <laughs> it's uh, forgive me for like I'm gonna use a bit of a crass term here. Forgive me. It's basically the Confederates jacking themselves off. <laughs> we are a band of brothers and native to the soil, fighting for our property. We aren't through honest toil. Property being slaves and honest toil being the toil of slaves there. That's what they don't say in free the free labor. Yeah, free labor. So, okay. Accuracy is not a deal breaker for us. We talked about this before. We both like The Patriot. It's not accurate. It is not accurate in the slightest. It's just oh. a nice film. It's just a fun movie. It's, it's just a fun movie. We talked about, we, we talk about this a lot. A movie does not have to be accurate necessarily for us to enjoy it. But when it intentionally misleads the viewer, when it says things that could have harmful real world consequences, that's when it crosses the line. A lot of Neo-Confederates like this movie, and a lot of Neo-Confederates use this movie as backup for why their ideas are correct. So this movie is, is arguably responsible for that, at least in some capacity. And that is what makes this movie so horrible. Um, <clears throat> now, to talk about a few things that are more mundane. The movie's too long. Like you said, it's four and a half, it's four hours, 40 minutes. Now to be fair, you yeah. know we watched the director's cut. The theatrical cut comes in in a very trim three and a half hours. You know, and a long movie is not a bad thing necessarily. No, we lo- we pretend- love Gettysburg, right? I know I do. You do, right? Yeah, Gettysburg that- was great. That's a four hour and fifteen minute movie, but it keeps you it- entertained the whole time. That's the thing. That's the thing. That movie justifies its length. Every scene in that movie is, is meant to either inform... It's meant to inform the viewer or move along the plot. There is a reason why things are done in that movie. It justifies its length. This movie doesn't. There's so much boring wasted time. It should have been a miniseries. It should have, at the very least, explained the Valley Campaign. Which, that, that one doesn't make any sense to me. Because that's the reason why Jackson became famous. Was the Valley Campaign. Why is that not even mentioned? In the seven days and second bull run. Why aren't those mentioned? So I think that's the real problem. Is that the movie doesn't narrow its scope. They should have chosen one of these battles. And that's what they should have focused on. They should, they should have chosen Fredericksburg. That's what this movie should have been. This movie should have been Fredericksburg. That's why Gettysburg is incredible. Uh, is because it, it chooses its one thing. It takes place over three days. It doesn't waste your time. It's just Gettysburg.
1: And it goes into great detail about Gettysburg. It's not yeah. like. This movie where it's like, oh, here's some details. Oh, well, missing chunks, missing chunks, big detail. Yeah. Missing so chunks, like, missing chunk.
0: So like even, you know, in Gettysburg doesn't show every single thing that happened in Gettysburg, but it talks of it mentions at the very least the important parts. So like, you know, the fighting on the second day, for example. Great example. In the movie, you're shown Chamberlain on Little Round Top. And that's a great scene. Um, but that wasn't the only fighting on the second day. But in the movie, they still explain that Lee attacked the left and the right on the second day. They still talk about that in the movie. So even though it's not shown, even though it's not explicitly shown for time constraints, obviously, it's still talked about. So the viewer still knows, okay, that that happened. And that's why Lee is attacking the center on the on the third day of the battle. So this movie doesn't have any of that. If you did not know about the Battle of Chancellorsville, that scene is just not going to make any sense to you at all. Like it just skips direct to the second day, skips over the third day in the union retreat. Like it, very, very important context is just completely absent. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just, I mean, you will not understand this movie unless you have an in-depth knowledge of the civil war. You know, you've got to have that context for any of this to make sense. And, and, and you know, like, We're talking, again, with Gettysburg. You know, if you went into Gettysburg without any knowledge of the Civil War, you'll still be able to understand it, and you will come out understanding at least the larger aspects of the Battle of Gettysburg.
1: And you'll know the characters' names.
0: You'll know the characters' names. You're going to know, if you watch Gettysburg, you're going to know Lee. You're going to know Longstreet. You're going to know Chamberlain. You're going to know Hancock. You're going to at least hear the name Meade. So you're going to possibly look Meade up. You're going to know Buford. You know, you're going to know... I'm trying to think of all the people that are mentioned in the movie. Yeah. Pretty sure I'm pretty sure Dan Sickles is mentioned. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Fremantle. You know, Harrison the Spy, who's also in this movie. Um, but you're going to know all these people and at least a general idea of what they did and why they were important at the battle. That's just not mentioned here. People's names are, like, flashed on the screen. So it's like, here is... Here is Alfred Zook's Brigade. And here is Raleigh Colston's Brigade. And, you know, here is D.H. Hill's Division. And, like, stuff like that. No reason as to why they're important. It will just flash the name. And it's that... That information does not help anyone. I mean, it's... (sighs) Yeah. Anyway. um, The CGI is really bad. I don't know if you noticed that, too. Um, I overlook it because it's 2003. Yeah, I mean, it's worse. It, I mean, it's even worse than like friggin' Star Wars, though. It's a, it's, it's abysmal. It's real bad. Um, yeah. Thankfully, it's not in too much of the movie, at least from what I noticed. The Antietam scenes were not in the theatrical cut, um, and it's really bad. in The Antietam scenes, so I'm pretty sure that was just like unfinished. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, the battle scenes are good, but they lack some realism, and I don't like that. Um, there's even a scene in like in the bull run section where you can see one soldier's bayonet like flexing back and forth um i don't know if you saw that or not okay, i did not see that uh, the comedy relief characters which you mentioned i also did not enjoy them where they're like, they're like you know i don't know if i've done this this and that marching in my entire life you know i don't know if i have marched this much yeah but isn't it incredible that we're marching? Under the stars, right here. You shut up now, you, you idiot! Or I'll march right into you. It's like I'm—I'm I'm paraphrasing, but like that's what the—that's that, what those characters are like in the whole movie. Um, the fake beards. Yeah, Jeb Stewart in this movie has the worst looking fake beard ever. And to be fair, so did Gettysburg. Gettysburg also had this problem, but it is just—it's distracting. It's bad. Um, the musical score. I don't know about you. um, Gettysburg is probably my favorite soundtrack of all time. It is sweeping. It is epic. Um, Right after you're done listening to this podcast, I highly suggest if you've never listened to it, even if you've never seen the movie, go look up the soundtrack on YouTube. It is incredible. It fits that movie perfectly. The soundtrack in Gods and Generals, meh. It's not, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It's not horrible but it's so underwhelming. I can't really even remember a single track besides the opening song. doesn't
1: really drag
0: you it, in. It doesn't drag you in. It doesn't stick with you. There's no memorable tracks. Um, like I, when I'm doing work, I don't really typically listen to like soundtracks. That's not the type of person I am, but I will throw on the Gettysburg soundtrack because I love listening to that. And I love working to it. It's a really good soundtrack. Um, This is a big one for me. So the movie lacks sincerity. It's like everyone is so wooden in this movie. The acting is so bad. The writing is patronizing. And there are a lot of scenes that are like downright creepy. So like Stonewall Jackson's wife. I don't want to sound mean here. But the actress that was playing Stonewall Jackson's wife. Every scene she's in. She does like the most creepy stare. At whatever she's looking at, and it's so weird and uncomfortable. And I, I don't want to be mean to like the actress, but like it was so weird. Um, Confederate Christmas is also weird. Why is this in the movie? It's creepy and it's boring. Um, another scene that really exemplifies this. So it's the scene where they're all like standing out on front of like the um, like the Virginia like state house or whatever, and they're like. Uh, so the, the Virginia article of secession, of secession passed. It's incredible. And and they're like, uh, you know, only one person voted against. And they're like, and someone in the crowd goes, it's probably the village idiot. And like, everyone does the most forced laugh possible. <laughs> they stick their arms uh-huh. on their sides. They drop their jaws and they just go, ah, ha, 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 ha. And it's, it's so weird. Does one know how to fake laugh? um the scene where they're at Chancellorsville and they're like praying and they're like praying to God and they're like God you know we're praying to you just like you hearkened to David when he beat Goliath and it's like the metaphor is so heavy-handed it's about as subtle as a ton of bricks and it's just so patronizing to the viewer like we get it the Confederates are doing something incredibly daring we understand that you praying like this and just making it so obvious to the viewer is punching into them into their brains that oh no the confederacy might not win like that's so frustrating as a viewer to be talked down to like that um it's just it's so weird all the scenes where they're praying is awkward like very it's, it's just like so creepy the scene where jackson gets a new uniform is so weird they're all like creepily like looking at it and, like, like jackson's like petting it he's like oh my god it's a very good uniform right there look at that how soft that is and they're like oh wow and like the german guy who delivers it is like oh what did you think of the uniform general jackson you're supposed to wear it it's, it's like <laughs> it's what i don't it's so weird it's so weird and uncomfortable it's i cannot express how awkward the scenes in this movie are unless you watch it for yourself don't watch it but i just i'm putting it out there um the death scene of stonewall jackson what the heck was that
1: i couldn't tell you
0: it's almost like funny because like there's like the stirring music playing and all the other characters are in there and they're all like crying like oh my god he's dying and it's just so funny because jackson's on the bed and he's like he's delirious which is true to life that's accurate he was like that on his deathbed but it is it's just so funny because the rest of the movie doesn't earn that moment he's just lying and he's like order that order that division to the left He's like he's like ordering all these random commands to non-existent units, and I like it's so hard to just not like laugh at that scene. It's so funny. Anyway, he says this famous line, and he dies, and there's the there's the music, and uh, he's died for the Confederacy. Um, uh, Robert Duvall as Robert E. Lee is also really bad. I don't think he smiled a single time in this movie. He's he's just blank faced the whole time, and Robert Duvall is an incredible actor. And it's so clear that it's the direction that's the problem. Um, yeah, he, he just does. It's weird. Um, the person that played John Wilkes Booth, like we mentioned, already bad. Um, the other thing, none of the characters in this movie are complex at all. The heroes lack character flaws and the villains are all purely evil. For example, like I mentioned, Burnside is just portrayed as, you know, this just full of himself idiot uh hooker is kind of portrayed as the same way um whereas Jean and uh jackson and lee they're both they're both geniuses and they're both great men and stuff and you really lack that complexity um that's frustrating uh, i really hated the focus on the southern family especially in the fredericksburg scenes like when they're when they're like hiding in the basement and then when they flee out of fredericksburg There's the one lady, and she's got her fan, and she's fanning herself. Just oh God, let let our south, let our southern boys win this battle and beat those damn Yankees. How could they do this to our poor city? Like that is, it's so bad. It's so bad, and I can't. I both cannot empathize with them because I've never been in that situation, and I cannot sympathize with them because they are horrible people. They are slave owners. I do not feel bad for them in the slightest. I really hope. I was really wishing their house would be destroyed, but it wasn't, Uh, you know, whatever. Um, There's a really big missed opportunity there, too, in the Fredericksburg scene. Um, So, you know, we spent a lot of, I've spent a lot of this episode talking about how the South's cause was wrong, and about how it was wrong to fight for the South, and I I still stand firm in that, but I think, you know, if you wanted to show a truly heroic story of of a confederate that I think would have been very respectful and would have been great to see was that of the angel of Fredericksburg, which we talked about in our history section about the guy, um, the North Carolinian and forgive me, his name eludes me, but uh, he went around to all these dying and wounded union soldiers while under fire, I believe, and gave them water. And that would have been an incredible thing to see. And it just wasn't in the movie. I mean, I can't blame the movie too much for that, um, for not showing that it's, it's an omission. It, it, but it would have been neat to see, I think. And it would have done a lot, in my view, to make this a better film. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where my thoughts end. Gods and generals. So, Ross, is this worse than The Coldest Game?
1: No. No, I could, I could watch parts of this. So here's what I'll say about this.
0: Here's what I'll say about this. Is the Coldest Game a less enjoyable film? Is it? Is it, le- is it less fun to watch? Yes. I can still get some enjoyment out of this movie with the couple of battle scenes that are good and some really laughable scenes. But is this movie worse, I think, objectively? Absolutely. And it's purely for just being so disgustingly offensive. So for me... While I did enjoy, is a funny word. I didn't enjoy it necessarily. While I didn't enjoy this more than the coldest game, it is for me. It's the worst movie we've done so far.
1: I, I could, I could, I could maybe see. Okay, I'll coldest game will still be my bottom because that that was pitiful and the worst choice that I've ever made in this podcast. That was also like I, that
0: movie was so bad that I just didn't feel like right. I was thinking about, like, oh, I'll talk about the history of the Cuban Missile Crisis. But that movie was so bad, and that was shown so little in the movie that I was just, just like, ah, whatever. And that episode's kind of a mess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the movie's a mess.
0: The movie's a mess. The episode's a mess. That's probably... Eh, I wouldn't... I don't know if I'd say that's, like, my, my least favorite episode. But eh, it was, that was not as good one. We kind of went off on a tangent there at the end, which was more fun. Um what has been, seeing as this is our last episode, I think we should talk a little bit about this season. You know, we've definitely moved on a lot from that first episode. You know, I've talked about that before. We're going to redo that first episode someday, because um, A Bridge Too Far is a, is a really fun movie to talk about, and it deserves a little bit of a better episode than that. We've come so far since then. We've, we've achieved so much. We've climbed so many peaks. Ross, what, what episode did you
1: enjoy the most talking about? Um, the one that surprised me the most was Love it. I was not expecting high hopes for that movie, and it—it it still like it just blew me away. I was just wasn't expecting it to be that good. Um, it was a great movie. We you met you had a great history on it. Uh, we did really good on the accuracies and likes and dislikes. I felt really good about that one.
0: I I did too. I really liked I liked Lincoln. Lincoln really was remember. very good. I really enjoyed that one. I obviously enjoyed the Patriot and I especially enjoyed our our, our discussion in that one. Um, yep. I really, really liked that one. Um, I really liked and, um, you know, I, I'd seen some of the movies previously watching this, but most of the movies we did this season, I had watched for the first time. I absolutely loved Escape from Alcatraz. That movie is yes.
1: so good. I that's, had high hopes for that one, though, going in. I was like, Clint true. Eastwood, it's good.
0: It's so did be. I. Because I heard it was good, and I love Clint Eastwood, so yeah, I, that one didn't surprise me necessarily, but I did love it. Yeah. Um. You know, I think, you know, trying to think back, like, there were some that were like, I enjoyed, but I don't know if I'm ever necessarily going to go back to, like, Operation... If I'm ever going to feel the need to go back and reevaluate those. But, you know, I'm definitely going to go back to Lincoln for sure. Now. I'm, def- I'm definitely going to go back to Escape from Alcatraz. You
1: know? Challenger <laughs> was an okay one.
0: Challenger was okay. Um, Red Tails, uh, one of my favorite episodes. I would episodes. do it again as a comedy. Horrible movie, but one of my favorite episodes. I really like talking Absolutely. about that movie. That's what we did for my birthday episode this year. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, Secretary, it was... It was a good, it was a fine movie, but it was was fun to talk about because we're Kentuckians, you know, we love our horse racing. Um, My, I, one thing I didn't mention in that episode that I forgot to mention that was actually my, my dad uh, went to UK and worked on a horse farm while he was there, which is like one of the most Kentucky things you can do, I guess. Um, I thought that was a funny little story, Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I have a lot of plans for the future movies. I want to cover because there's still plenty of movies left. To oh, do sure. lots, lots of stuff. Uh, you know, we are very two things. We are here that we could do a better job about that, but that we definitely are. Is we're very war centric and we're very America centric, um, <clears throat> and that's just because that's what we know about. You know, America, and so we have like some connection to that. But you know, there's plenty of things, uh, plenty of history to cover, plenty of stuff. Um, not American that would be great to talk about for sure um one movie that's don't like it I'll say it now uh is the movie Lou uh which is on YouTube do that movie at some point you know so um that's that's one that I think a lot of people would want us to do um Master and Commander which is about um but, uh, naval Napoleona that movie we're gonna have to get to that um, I say right now we do not have a tentative, uh, tentative schedule for next season we are sure in by September uh, if everything goes well and we're gonna try and keep the same two-week schedule um, we're gonna spend the rest of the summer sort of regrouping and maybe planning a few things out Um but yeah, Ross, do you have anything, any any movies that you would like to do in the future?
1: Not off the top of my head. Um, I just want to thank everyone if you've made it this far. Uh, and that to continue, continue watching because next season is going to be a great one.
0: Absolutely. We're not lighting the world up with listeners or anything. But we have had, I think I counted our, our total listens, like 600 or something. Uh, which, you know, again, that's not like, you know, Jake Paul numbers on YouTube, but history is already kind of a niche thing. And for me, that many people listening, that's very meaningful. I, I really like that. That's, um, that's incredible to me. Uh, and I'm, and I really hope, you know, even if you listen to one episode, even if you listen to only like the, the episodes of movies you've seen, I hope you learn something. I hope you got something out of this. I really did put it together with the intention of not just talking about movies, but about, you know, teaching you about these things. Um, And I hope you did learn from it. And I I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, And I'm excited for next year. I'm getting all sentimental. We're coming back. This isn't the last episode. This is just the last episode we're doing of this. But yeah, I I hope you all enjoyed this season. No, go back and re listen to some of those episodes if you watch the movies. Uh, share them with your friends as always. Um, anything, any last thoughts for this season, Ross?
1: We'll be back.
0: <laughs> that- so um, I have been Blake. And I'm Ross. And that concludes this very first season of our adventure that we call Hollywood History. Thank you for listening, and we will
1: see you next time. Thanks, y'all.